the servant of the Lord is so bipartisan that he loves even those I despise? You got it. Welcome to the Bethany Lutheran Sermon Podcast for the week of January 23rd, 2022. Today, Pastor Kevin Kreitzer brings us a message about sharing intentionally from Luke chapter 4. Key verses are in the show notes. This message was recorded live at Bethany. Every Sunday when we come to worship, whether online or in person, there are some scripture readings to be read. They're assigned for each Sunday of the church here. They're called the lectionary. And with all due respect today, I think that those who assigned today's reading stepped in it. Uh, That is, they, they made a miscalculation, a mistake. They ended the text too soon. So we're going to step into it. That is, we're going to embrace the moment. We're going to grasp the opportunity to hear the text in its entirety the way Luke wrote it and desires for us to hear it. You'll remember what I read previously, the first portion. Jesus has just read the words about the coming Messiah. He rolls up the scroll, hands it back to the attendant, and says, Today... The scriptures fulfilled in your hearing. And then Luke continues, and he writes, Everyone spoke well of him, that is Jesus, and they were amazed at his gracious words. They said, Isn't this Joseph's son? Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. Do here in your hometown what we heard that you have done in Capernaum. I tell you the truth, Jesus continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to the widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha. Yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove Jesus out of the town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him down the cliff. But Jesus walked right through the crowd and went on his way. That's the entire text. Jesus will only receive praise. We heard Luke say that they praised him. Jesus will only receive praise for who he is and why he has come. Not for who we want him to be or what it is we determine that he ought to do. Proof of that assertion? The words in the text. The people say, after Jesus has spoken, isn't this Joseph's boy? Those words are not words of derision, they are words of celebration. How do I know that? Right before them, Luke has written, everyone spoke well of him. Isn't this Joseph's boy isn't a dig? 
These words are not words of collective disrespect. They're words of communal pride. This is a hometown boy does good story. A hometown boy goes big story. This is the applause. He's one of us. He's one of ours. Jesus has just spoken about the coming Messiah, and he has said, the age of the Messiah is upon you now because I am here. And rather than condemn the word, they commend its speaker. And when you think about it, themselves in the process because he's one of us. He's one of ours. But it didn't last very long. Now, if you can find anywhere in Scripture a quicker change of heart, if you can find a a 180 that takes place in less time, I think there are probably a few, but it's only five verses in here. If you can find them, I'll take you out to coffee. We can talk about them. I'm not going to give you any hints. you got to do the homework yourself, and you have to decide you want to have coffee with me. Uh, But if we turn to this text right here, The members of the synagogue in Nazareth went from saying Jesus is the toast of the town, that is, let's toss him on our shoulders and parade him through our streets, to saying Jesus is toast, let's just toss him off the cliff at the end of the block. The change of heart The 180 takes place in five short verses. What happened? Jesus happened. Jesus is the cause of the change of heart. Jesus is the reason for the 180. Now, some people might assume that he stepped in it, I'd venture a different hypothesis. I think Jesus stepped into it. That is the moment. He grasped the opportunity to bring them and all of us with him into the understanding of the purpose of the Messiah. He would deliver them from the narrow view that thought the Messiah was coming to establish an earthly kingdom for them and their glory. Jesus would push them and us, the original hearers and we latter hearers, to embrace the cosmic concept of the servant of the Lord, one who comes to seek and save the lost, wherever they might be, whoever they might be, for himself and his glory. Now, I suppose as we read through this, one thing we can appreciate is the truth that cancel culture has probably been around forever. If you go against the grain of the day, there are going to be plenty who say you shouldn't stay around. What awoke the anger in the crowd who heard Jesus? Him saying, I'm not just here for you. I've not only come for Israel. I'm here for all, 
and every. This is not an exclusive mission, but an inclusive one, and it includes others beyond yourself. This isn't just a me thing, this is a God thing. This is how he shall work, this is how he is working, and this is how he has worked in days gone by. Just take Elijah and Elisha, for example, says Jesus. Their stories affirm that the prophets of Israel were never solely or exclusively for Israel. The message of the Lord, his work, and his word was and is global and universal. It's a mission for all. Now we heard how those who heard that word at first responded. Let's toss Jesus off a cliff. What's really important is how do we respond to those words? Especially in these days, days of deep partisan divides days of division and derision for anyone who is different. Days when we make idols of our ideology. In these days, how do we understand these words? It's probably, honestly, kind of easy to sympathize with the synagogue set, isn't it? Those who were hearers in that worship site of Nazareth. You mean, Jesus is saying that he really loves the anti-this and that crowd? You mean, Jesus is actually saying he loves the pro, those, and these folk? Yes. The servant of the Lord is so bipartisan that he loves even those I despise? You got it. And in the end, because of it, the servant will suffer for all because of all. Regardless of all the things that divide us, there is one great thing that unites us. None of us are righteous in God's sight in and of ourselves. Not a single one. All of us by nature self-centered and all of us prone to love ourself more than our neighbor, let alone the creator. And so Jesus would enter and allow himself to be pushed to a hill. Not one he would be tossed off of, but one he would be lifted up high upon. One where he would choose not to pass through the crowd, though he had the power to do so, but rather he would step into the moment and embrace it, allow himself to be nailed to the tree for them, for you, for me, to die. Not just for some, but for all. Not just for those you like but even for those who dislike you, and even for those whom you dislike. It's my opinion, but here is the application, the takeaway of this text for you and for me in these days that we live. I think there's probably a pretty good chance, in fact, I'd say it's almost certain that the townsfolk you live with 
That's the people on your street, the people you work with, the people you go to school with, the people you connect with on social media, the townsfolk in your world, just like the townsfolk in Jesus' world who said, isn't this Joseph's son? I think there's probably a pretty good chance that the townsfolk in your world would say, isn't this one of God's children? Isn't this a brother and sister of the Lord Jesus? Isn't this... Even if they don't believe in God, they know you believe yourself to be one of his. Isn't this one of those Christians? Isn't this one of those Lutherans? Isn't this one of those Bethonians? The townspeople in your life. When they look at you, when they look at me, when they see us, do they know our agenda is his agenda? Or do they sense that our agenda is our own agenda? Do they see in us a desire to become more and more like Christ, to think more like him, to behave more like him? Or do they sense that our desire is for others to become more and more like us, to think more and more like us, to behave more and more like us? I can't speak for us. I can only speak for me, but I can affirm that I have stepped in it, miscalculated and made mistakes, messed up over and over again because I've elevated my preferences or my desires, my wants, my opinions above everything else. And if you're like me, the great news is today you can just join me in praying, dear Lord, forgive me for the times I have stepped in it and send me your spirit that I might instead step into it, this moment, this opportunity in which I live, to make you known, to reveal your heart, to manifest your love for all, that all might know who they are, yours, in Christ, in whose name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us today. Just a reminder that this podcast is updated every Tuesday. A video archive of our online worship services, including today's message, can be found on our YouTube channel and at www.bethanylutheran.org. Links for both of these are in the show notes. If you would like to support this podcast or the ministry of Bethany Lutheran Church in Long Beach, California, you can text the word GIVE to 562 210 0463 that's give g-i-v-e to 562-210-0463 join us next week as pastor kevin kreitzer shares another message with us